Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to this space. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And it is such a delight to have you here today. And on today's episode, we have Crystal. Crystal is a first-time mom whose conscious journey through preconception, conception, pregnancy, and the birth process mirrored that of her deepest held beliefs about life and the sovereign nature of our being. Through the process of welcoming her son into this life, Crystal gained an even deeper trust of her intuition and in her partner. And I hope you enjoy this episode. This was really a great conversation and I gained so much inspiration from Crystal. Enjoy. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Yeah, totally. Um, Wherever you would like to begin your story. Okay, uh, sure. So I will start the story um, about five years ago when I was actually going through a divorce from my uh, first marriage. Um, so when I was going through the divorce, I was living at my mother's house and my, my mother has legal custody of my nephew. And while I was living with her, I realized that she really needed my help um, with, uh, with raising him. Um, so I kind of decided, you know, instead of y- using her house as a waypoint to move forward with my journey and possibly move out to Colorado or something that I would stay and help her. Well, three months after that, I met my now husband and uh, father of my child. And um, we really hit it off immediately. I would say that he is a soulmate. Um, And pretty quickly within probably the first six weeks of knowing each other, we realized that we were supposed to be together and and start our life together. And mm-hmm. I also realized that I couldn't leave my nephew. Um, he was living up upstate New York off grid. We actually met in Puerto Rico. We're both skydivers and base jumpers. And yeah. we've, yeah, um, at that point I had been uh, skydiving for probably about six years and base jumping for probably about uh, three or four. Anyways, um, and I told him, I was like, you know, I really, we could go any direction with this, but I really need to stay here and help my mother with and my nephew is um, not quite seven yet. Um, and so he was like, well, we're, we're meant to be together. So he, he moved um, to be with me. Uh, before this point in my life, pregnancy and, and children were kind of always something that my, probably one of my biggest fears was unintentionally becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really put much thought into if I would have kids, when I would have kids, who it would be with, anything like that. It was just like, however it unfolds, it ha- cannot be un- unintentional. It can't be um, 
that just just really was a fear of mine is becoming unintentionally pregnant so I was always very very Mm -hmm. careful and and even in my first marriage it just it really never even came up so I was just like I just stayed on my p's and q's of just not becoming pregnant Mm -hmm. um anyway so once um my my husband Chris moved um to Tennessee and we took on more and more of a a role with um, my nephew his name is Cosmo um we just kind of like started realizing like maybe like we could have a kid like he he was very much like myself you know traveling and and enjoying the freedom of a you know of of life and skydiving and base jumping and just in you know not really thinking much about like having children into course of it but through parenting Cosmo um we both were just kind of like maybe maybe we could do this and it started to become a conversation and also like another part aspect of my journey is like I would always have these dreams where it was like, I would, I would have a baby and it would just be like me just totally rejecting the baby and everybody around me being like, this is your baby. You have to, you have to take care of this baby. Me being like, no, 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 I don't want this. I don't want this. This isn't my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyways, so probably about two years into our relationship, um, I had this dream where I had this baby and I loved the baby and I wanted, I wanted, um, I wanted to be the mother to the baby. And then after that, I just started having just like all these like motherly dreams. And it was like, it felt like a turning point in my psyche of just like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, there's a baby and it wants to come and um, it wants me to be its mother. And I was just having all these dreams of this little boy and I had dreams of a little girl too, but, but mostly the little, the little boy was like the birth dreams and the, the, the mothering dreams, especially initially. Anyway, so, so when I started talking to Chris about it, I was like, okay, so I think that I, I want to have a baby with you. And he, he was like, okay. It was kind of like hard for him to wrap his mind around. We had to do like a lot of shadow work and a lot of like therapy and stuff just to, cause we both had like um, fairly traumatic childhoods and to a certain degree, um, which I mean, who comes out of life on stage, but anyways, um, so it took a lot for us to kind of feel like we could take that on. I remember the the day that I really like came to him and was like, I really think I want to have a baby and, you know, whatever work we need to do um, to, to, you know, invite this soul into our life. I'd like to do that. And, and I looked at him and I was like, but I don't want to have a baby in, in the hospital. I don't know why, but I just don't feel like that's right. And he just looked at me and he was just like, why would we do that? He also lived in New York City for like 12 years. And he was like, I had a friend and she had a baby in her apartment with a doula. And I was just like, what is a doula? Like, what Mm -hmm. is any of this? Like, I had never put much thought into pregnancy, babies, birth. Like, it was pretty much just like me living my life and just trusting that the journey is unfolding, but not like putting much thought into the the future possibilities until, until I had that dream and everything. And so when he said that, it was like a flash of, it was like a flash of like light into my life. And I was just like, whoa, you, I guess you could, I'm, you could do that. You know, I think about my life and everything else. And it's like all these other things that people would say you, you can't do like jumping off of a cliff or a bridge or out of an airplane. It's like, I've shown myself time and time again, that I, I can do anything that I gather the information and knowledge about and trust myself to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So then I just led me down the rabbit hole. And this was probably two years before we actually conceived. And I just started researching everything I could just, 
and listening to podcasts and Indie Birth and some other podcasts and not only listening to like um, more like autonomous birth journeys, but also listening to some podcasts that had really mainstream um, birth journeys. And it really just like, just the more questions came up, the more through like listening to other people's stories, the answers were coming. And, and at first I was like, okay, I'll have with like a midwife. And I was thinking about it that way. And I was just like, that still doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel like what's being like asked of me, I guess. So I was like, I just kept doing more and more research and just looking into like every possibility of like how birth happens and, and listening to people's stories. And then mm, I'm trying to think about the timeline here. Then like a year before we decided to, to conceive, I really got serious about like, which I've always been pretty serious about like my health and nutrition and all that, but I got like extra serious about like mm -hmm. really making sure I wasn't putting chemicals on my body and, and wasn't doing anything that um, would be ne like harmful. I learned about like how, how eggs are like 90 days, you know, uh, for, for, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but um, for like the best quality. Um, and I just felt like I was being asked to prepare myself. Um, so I did that. And then um, I got to go to a, a friend's birth. Um, she had an unassisted birth. And at this point I had like educated myself so much that I, I became like a doula, but without like certification, mm -hmm. I just like had the information. So she had contacted me and we actually hadn't spoke for like a year. We had had kind of a falling out and she came to me and was like, I'm, I'm pregnant unexpectedly. Um, and we rekindled our friendship. And I went through like basically the entire pregnancy with her as her, as her doula. And she had the most incredible free birth. Like I, mm. I, I, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. And I'm really blessed that I got to witness what birth really, really is before going on the journey my, myself. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so fast forward, um, to, to the next year and, my, and another friend of mine also asked me to be a doula. At this point, I was in the indie birth um, school, the first um, um, warrior birth warrior project. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and I was doing that. But at that point, the information that I was getting, I already had all that information. It was more just like for me about like connecting with other women that were also on a, on a similar journey for like self-discovery and like what it means to like actually in practice and I do think that ultimately I'm supposed to go down the midwifery route but I don't think that that time is just just yet totally. um yeah I'm just letting things on unravel as they're supposed to right now mm -hmm. um so anyway so my my other friend they it was funny because I had a, a dream that she was pregnant and this was before she even knew she was pregnant my my other friend whose birth I went to so this is two births I've went to this is the second one I'm sorry, my, my thoughts and everything are just like so just everywhere. So I'm trying to keep it concise. I actually lost sleep last night trying to organize. My <laughs> oh, um, all good. Anyway. All good. <laughs> Thank you, Jaden. I really appreciate that. Totally. Um, anyways, so I called and I was like, hey, um, is, is your wife pregnant? I know both of them through skydiving. And I was like, is Carrie pregnant? And, and, and he just like didn't my my friend Matt didn't say anything and then like it turned out that she actually was pregnant but she didn't even know she was pregnant yet when I had this dream that she was pregnant and they invited me to their birth and um so I went to her birth and her birth had some kind of 
traumatic elements to it. It was um, an out-of-hospital birth in a birth center, um, and I won't tell her story, but there were some elements of it that were kind of intense for me to witness. I, I honestly don't feel like it was as intense for her as it was for me, but I think I was coming at it from a, from a different perspective. Um, but I won't get too deep into that. So anyways, mm -hmm. at, at this point, so a big aspect of my husband and I's um, relationship is like ceremony and working with like moon cycles and, and um, plant medicine journey and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So before I went to her, her birth, she's in Minnesota. So I, I, they flew me out for her birth and it was, it was really beautiful seeing her and in, in her power because on medicated birth. And even though there were aspects of it, it's still that were a little traumatic for me. It was still like, again, you know, just like a, another thing I'm witnessing that I'm like birth unfolds and, and you can do this and we're made for this. And it's, mm -hmm. and just incredible to watch her. And then postpartum watch just, just how natural the breastfeeding journey was with, with her son. And it just was like really empowering for me to, to watch. And I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but before I went there, my husband and I were supposed to go to a, a fireworks walking ceremony, a friend of ours that we skive with, um, puts these on with his, his wife um, and it got rained out. So we were, we were like, instead of going to their workshops, we we're like, let's just stay at home and just do like a, a plant medicine journey together at the house. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did that and a lot came up during that. And, and I just like in that journey, so much got released from like my childhood. And, and I realized that like, I don't have to prepare anymore. I'm ready to be a mother. And I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready now. I know we weren't going to start trying till like next year, but I'm like, I'm really ready now. Mm. Um, if, if you're ready, like, let's do it. And he was just like, I, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. So when I was at my friend's birth, I thought I was ovulating because I was uh, doing fertility awareness methods. So I'd gotten really in tune with my cycles and I thought I was going to be ovulating when I was there. And I was kind of disappointed because it's like, when you decide something, and not that we have control anyways, which is kind of mm -hmm. funny to think that we do, mm -hmm. but, you know, as I figured, you know, I say now it's going to be now. And so when I was up there at her birth and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss the window. It's, it's not going to happen. This cycle will have to wait till next time. Um, anyway, so when I, when I came home, it turned out that I was actually ovulating, like literally the weekend after her birth and not, not while I was actually there. Um, and we did some ceremony um, with like my last menstrual blood and to call like call in this being that I I felt was just like guiding me over the last two years and just every turn it was just like oh you're worried about this here's some information here's some information until I just got to a point where I was just like I I, I can I can do this I can be this baby's mother I can have this birth and I, I'll be okay. And, and when I got home, we, we conceived um, on the first try is like, mm. it was like, he was there and he was ready. And it was just waiting for both of us to say yes. Mm -hmm. And when we did, he came with the quickness and it kind of surprised me. I'm 35 and there's still like lingering programming left where, and I, I feel it sometimes where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm 35. It might take a few, you know, but mm -hmm. it didn't. And he, he came just um, immediately. And before I even, I, I tried to like delay, like taking a pregnancy test. I was like, 
okay, we're just going to just, you know, let this unfold. And I had this whole idea of just like, I'm just going to just, I'll just know when I know and it's fine. I, I, I couldn't wait. And I, and I was like, okay. And, and sure enough, I was pregnant. And in one way I was surprised because I was like, whoa, 35, you know, you know, since puberty of like not getting pregnant and like maintaining this non-accidental pregnancy status. And then now it's like, I say yes, and it's here. And it's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my husband the next day, cause it was kind of a faint line. And the next day I was like super strong. And I told him and he just looked at me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I know. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> how, like, how could you know? And he's like, I just knew it. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So my intentions for the pregnancy after two years of just unwrapping birth and you, you know, um, biological normality of birth and and just all of these layers I knew that I wanted to have um um unassisted isn't the right word I really hate that word because we're never unassisted you know mm-hmm. it, like I I didn't I didn't want to experience it in the medical paradigm I guess would be the right way to I, I just knew that I could trust myself that if something needed further looking into that I would find the people that needed to, to help me and assist me in, in the journey. And, and I would also know if I was healthy and fine. I've gone 35 mm-hmm. years knowing I'm healthy and fine. Mm-hmm. Chris and I have been in the back country of, of the desert jumping off cliffs and have always known like that we're fine, mm-hmm. you know, and that we're, we're good to make decisions for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just proceeded um, through the pregnancy, just, um, just enjoying. And then I got pregnant in November of this past year. My son is eight months old now. And, and then in March, um, everything with COVID started happening with, which honestly was a huge blessing in my life. I'm, I'm a small business owner. I have a dog grooming business and I work from home. I have a salon in my house. Um, and it was really just nice to have a reason to not go out and not um, mm-hmm. we're pretty involved with our skydiving community and I would have been at the drop zone a, a lot pregnant but I've really felt very internal mm-hmm. so I didn't really want to go out and about but then with COVID happening it was just kind of like sorry everybody it's COVID you know yeah, like totally. yeah it just felt like a um a good excuse just to be quiet at, at the house and um, actually I took like five weeks off, which was really nice. Um, the, the pregnancy was really hard on me physically. I've had some, um, injuries to my pelvis and back, um, uh, over my life. And it, it was really, really, it was really difficult. Like as far as, um, standing and walking, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I, I, I thought that because I had prepared my my body and my mind so much that pregnancy would just be just like you know this and not that it wasn't beautiful it's very beautiful and it was a a wonderful time but physically it was it was very very hard um so it was nice just having just time just off and just being quiet and not having to deal with or with cosmos schooling or anything and just quiet at the house Mm um and we've kept our plans really close to our heart we we didn't want too many people because i'm sure as you're well aware of a lot of people are very fearful of pregnancy 
um, especially yeah. in the way that we were doing it. Um, and which most people who know me closely know that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And they're, and they, I don't really feel like I get a lot of input or like, Hey, you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, yeah. because it's like, if I'm already skydiving and jumping off cliffs, it's like, what are you going to tell me about my life that I'm really going to listen to? You don't have this same experience and I feel fine about it. Right. But my, my mother, um, it, she was actually fine with it. She, you know, she took a lot of time to educate herself about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually became a really big advocate for me. Um, my mom's a nurse and so are my aunts. And really the only thing that came up in my pregnancy was my aunt, who is a nurse anesthetist in the army, was very concerned that I, that placenta previa, she wanted to know how I heard of this. I'm like, oh, oh, I've heard of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I probably know more about birth than you do. Like, I'm not, right. I, I'm not trying to be rude, but I, you know, yeah. I, I've done my due diligence on this and yes. I feel confident that it's fine and that mm-hmm. I'll know if it is on, uh, for, you know, there are other ways to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel that way I felt like I was being so guided like it just didn't feel like that was for my journey anyways mm-hmm. but still it kind of like even that little bit like put me through a loop it was like like just I don't know just letting that person's energy in for a second and and I doubled down on telling my mother like stop ta- telling people about what I'm doing like this is not open for debate this is like this is just not a conversation I know that she's seen like not great things but she's a nurse anesthetist and like that's the last stop for like not great things and also right and also who she's dealing with are are maybe less informed individuals um but regardless that's that's fine either way but i it kind of like caused me to go on like another deep dive about placenta previa and like yeah yeah just to like you know redouble down like that I know what to look for and that I likely don't have to send a previa and that I'm fine. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, there it's, it's definitely a very, for anyone listening, it's, it's definitely a very um, complicated and very serious thing. 100% like won't deny that. And it's, and I wouldn't necessarily call it rare, but it's not super common, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the stats behind it. And I, I had no bleeding, you know, like all the, the things that I would feel to look for. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, yeah. So that was really the only thing that came up for me and yeah. pregnancy because pretty much anybody else that we trusted to tell was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense that you're doing it that way. And especially yeah. with the pandemic, oh. people were like, Oh, you're having a home birth. Like it went, like we didn't tell people we were having an unassisted home birth or that we were having an unassisted pregnancy, but it's like, I feel like before the pandemic, I would have, we would have potentially gotten a lot more eye raises, but all of a sudden with the pandemic, everybody was just like, okay, that makes perfect sense. But I was my plan all along pandemic or not. Um, Anyway, so I guess um, I will move into the actual birth story if that's yeah, okay. Please. <laughs> okay, so um, he was uh, quote unquote due in uh, in August, and you, you know uh, the sixteenth was his what I what I calculated to be a guesstimate of when he might potentially arrive, and I was fully you know expecting in my mind I was like first time mom I'm, I'm probably gonna go like over uh, like in my mind I was like okay 43 44 weeks I'm, I'm in it for the long haul whatever's gonna happen here 
um, I'll carry on with my, my plan as long as everything is looking good and, and feeling good. He was um, a very active baby throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, one part of the pregnancy that I didn't mention before is even though he dreamed that he was a boy, um, I was convinced to myself that I wanted a girl, so that's what I would be having, even though he was very clear of who he was and, who, and that he was coming, um, which really the lesson I learned there was to really just trust that the information that's coming from spirit can, can be trusted and you don't, you, you, you're not in control. You don't get to choose. That's not, you don't, you don't get to decide because you decided that that's what you want, that that's what you're getting. Right. Um, and every time I would think about what he might be, they might be, um, and I would try to project a girl, I would just get this like twisted up feeling in my gut, like you're wrong and you know you're wrong, mm-hmm. um, which is, is, is weird. And that's a, that's a whole nother thought process on that. But so the 13th of August came around and labor started prodromal labor for weeks um just just intense tightenings um every evening I was like tonight's probably going to be the night for like two weeks um and it and it wasn't until it was um on the 13th I in my sleep my awareness kind of came to tightenings that were more intense than they had been before and I, I kind of like half conscious was like, oh, this is different. This is something. And this is probably about midnight on the uh, 13th. So the, the beginning of the 13th. And then they started getting more and I could feel that my waters had released. Um, and I remember like kind of like waking up my husband and was like, Chris, are you ready to have a baby today? And he was just like, yeah, he was like, that's cool. He was like, yeah, we could do that. He's, he's, he's pretty mellow and has just always been just a huge support to me since, since I've known him and everything that we, we do. Um, anyways, and he, I wasn't quite ready to wake him up fully. Um, so I just got up and just kind of like started like feeling like a little restless. Like I slept as much as I could, but it really only led like probably like two um so another piece I, I meant to bring up is I did a lot of visual visualizing what what I wanted the birth to to look like um during um during the pregnancy and my visualization was always that it would start around midnight which it did and then it would go through the day and then mid thunderstorm would come up and the the thunderstorm would be intense and then it would crescendo and then the baby would be born not long after mm-hmm. and that was my visualization so when this popped off at like midnight or so I was like oh we're, we're on track here this is great <laughs> and I was just like roaming around and then probably around like six o'clock um my husband just woke up on his own and was just like oh because like I, I was already vocalizing at this point um I, I feel like really the first two hours were just tight when I kind of led myself to to understand um the sort of labor would be like but then it got like pretty intense pretty quick and like I was like vocal like I'm not sure why he didn't wake up before six because I felt like I was being very like vocal but also time and like how we perceive things is really weird in labor. 
neighbor it, like it's like like a like psychedelic but it so is <laughs> totally yeah so <laughs> yeah so uh, so he he got up and and I was like I'm not going to be pregnant for much longer take a photo of me so like I'm like naked in the hallway and he takes a photo of me and I'm just like full pregnant glory and then he's like okay well I, I've got some things that that I want to do to like make sure that everything is ready you know I want to vacuum a little bit um we have three dogs um our oldest dog is 16 and our youngest dog is two and both of them are just like obsessed with me which I'm obsessed with them so it's mutual and we knew that they would probably be like what in the world and like really really upset by um by what was happening so he took them up to my mother's house she lives right up the road um and um my nephew we told him he was more than welcome to be a part of this as much as he wanted to be he pretty much was just like um I've seen enough birth videos at this point to last me a lifetime so I think I'm good here <laughs> so he chose to not to not uh, he chose to just stay up at grandma's house and with the dogs but our, our middle dog is a black standard poodle and she she I she's like my doggy doula during this so mm. she just hung out um with us the entire time um so uh, trying to think it's weird it's like it's also vivid in my mind but it's also kind of hard to to retell in a way so he's just like cleaning up around the house and everything and just kind of sorting sorting things out and we had a, a birth pool that we set up in on our back patio with like mosquito netting around it and um uh, lights and he went and like got that set up and I just like labored around the house uh, most of the morning. He, he's kind of an analytical person. So he really wanted to time the contractions. And um, I'm personally not offended by the word contractions because it just, it just feels like, I know some people like to re um, like call them like surges or tightenings, but totally. it just, it, I don't know. I, I look at it like, like the biological aspect and then there's like the spiritual aspect um for sure which anyways that's neither here nor there for sure um, well and plus two just in kind of like a I guess you could say like a metaphorical sense or like even in just like a I guess even in a spiritual sense um for lack of a better term a contraction yeah. can be a good thing it can yeah you know totally because then what comes after the contraction is an expansion you know and it's, yes it's, yeah totally yep I, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Um, so he wanted to do like, um, like a app timer on it, which I told him, I was like, I don't really want to know what anything, like what, like, if you want to do your analytical thing, like if it feels like, <laughs> if it makes you feel like you're being like doing something like go for it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the waves were never really like following a pattern. It was like, two minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, two minutes, two minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes. And this whole time he, he like, my son is just like moving around like wildly inside of me. And I, I feel like he probably wasn't um, positioned in the best way. And I feel like he was trying to get into position for most of the, the, the labor experience. So anyway, so the, the day started and, and he fed me like a bunch of eggs because I was like, I want to have good protein. I, I, I'd heard so many birth stories at this point that I knew the things that I, I wanted to do to make this successful, like making sure I was nourished, making sure that I was drinking water, making sure that I was emptying my bladder. Um, mm -hmm. 
all of these things. And, and my husband had also, we had really like, I had helped to educate him and he had also done a ton of his own work, making sure that he understood the labor process and everything. And um, yeah, he's really incredible in, in that way for sure. Probably about two weeks before I actually went into labor, I, I told him, you know, if I get to a point in this and I like, take me to the hospital, if I'm, if I'm, I'd heard somebody's birth story that was basically like, she, she's like during transition, she freaked out and her husband took her to the hospital and she had a baby on the way to the hospital. I was like, I don't, I don't want that. So if I'm fine, don't, don't let me like hold me accountable to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the day went on and, and we're just, you know, just like a normal day at the house, just like hanging out. And I was in and out of the birth pool and, and the day was progressing and I was in the birth pool and probably about six hours in, I was like, just out of curiosity, I'm like, what's going on up there? And this is like really only the second time during the entire pregnancy that I had checked anything. So I stuck my hand up and like a little further than a finger leg, I, I could feel his head. And I was just like, okay. I was like, we are, we are not long now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where's my thunderstorm? And within about an hour, I'm in the birth pool and this massive thunderstorm comes. Mm-hmm. And it is like, every, yeah, it is everything that I thought it would be. And I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, we are, we are manifesting our reality like a champ today. Like, this is great. <laughs> uh, and, and everything was like so intense. I was like, I was like, surely we are, we are and his head's right there and this is happening and then the thunderstorm went away and well actually the thunderstorm didn't go away my husband was like uh there's like ground strike lightning we should probably go inside this is kind of getting intense out here and I'm like we can't go the baby's about to be bored and he's like no he's like it's up to you obviously but this is like kind of crazy out here and I was like okay I was like okay let's let's go so we went inside and then he still wasn't there and the night fell and and it started getting more and more and more intense and I was like surely this is transition I like I was vomiting mm-hmm. and at like and, and this is when I really started to kind of lose like sense of like time and space and like the sensations were so intense that like, I was like out of my body. Like every time I thought I felt like a new depth to what a human body could experience, it would go a level deeper. And it was just wild. And, and I, I, Chris was like rubbing me up and down and like trying to like, he's like, he's like this, I'm gonna get oxytocin flowing better. Like, and probably like, probably like, a t- we're probably like 12, 20 hours in at this point. Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, I can still feel like his head, like right there and he's still moving. And like, I know I'm okay. I know he's okay. I know we're okay. And I'm like, that's it. I'm pushing him out. I don't care. And so like, I just like leaned back on the couch and was just like, I'm pushing him out. And Chris was like, um, I don't know if it works that way that you're just deciding right now that you're done and you're pushing him out and that's it. So like, I just was like, like, I was not ready to push, like not in the least. He was not ready to come. There was, that was not where we were at. And so finally, like Chris calmed me down and he was like, you're going to hurt yourself maybe. And I'm like, I don't know if I am. I'm like, that's a good point. Like, I guess just everything was so, and then like, I realized he was naked too. And I was like, Chris, why are you naked? And he was just like, I don't know. And, and we're just like, the depth of the night that night was just like a swirl of, 
what is going on? And uh, a good friend of ours who used to live across the street, her mom is um, a retired home birth midwife who mm-hmm. practiced more traditional midwifery in, uh, um, in East Tennessee um, for many, many, many years. Anyway, so when we got to probably about hour 24 or five, I was like, if we get to the morning and he hasn't come, I didn't, I didn't know for certain if it was a boy or a girl, obviously at that point, but I was like, they haven't come. I was like, I would like to call Jeannie and, and see if she can come over and just like give us some insight because at this point there is no roadmap. My thunderstorm came and went, there's no baby. What is happening? It, like, I, I know I'm okay, but am I okay? You know? And so we went through the night and it was um, another really important aspect and um, that I should have mentioned before is in the, the, Indie Birth, uh, Birth uh, Warrior Project, I, I didn't complete it because when I found out I was pregnant, I, I just was so kind of overwhelmed with what was happening. And I had some um, kind of like mood stuff going on it that I, I just, I couldn't complete. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I felt really called just to step away. But in that program, I met um, another woman named Erica who had an unassisted birth with her last, with her uh, last uh, child. Mm-hmm. And she lives in middle Tennessee and we became really good friends. And she was just a huge support through my entire pregnancy and was just, just the best. Um, so she was on call for, for the labor and everything. And, and we called her probably like right after we had called Jeannie um, around like seven in the morning. So like, I don't know what that is somewhere in the 30 something hour range on this um, experience. Mm-hmm. and. Erica was on the phone and she was like talking to me and she, she reminded me of some positioning things I could do to maybe get him in a better position because I I really understand how important doulas are now because my husband was just following me around feeding me stuff, but it's like, he doesn't really have that knowledge of like, Oh, maybe, maybe you could do this to get the baby into a better position. Like, and I, I, you cannot doula yourself. I'm really honest. Totally. Agreed. Yeah. I thought in my mind, I was like, I've got all this information and I've, I'm so educated that it's fine. I can do this. Um, no, for my next birth, if, if Erica will be here in person, I will, I will, I will cherish that because Mm -hmm. she's amazing. But she like told me some positional things. And, and after she, I really think that what she told me helped because after that things really kicked into gear and the contractions got crazy regular to where they hadn't been the entire time and we called Jeannie and Jeannie was like of course I'll come and even though we didn't discuss this at all prior that I would even call her she was like yes let me let me just take a shower and come on so I had called her like this is uh, on the um 14th um she so we called her around 7 a.m and she had she even though she'd been retired she said recently somebody had given her a doppler which we we had done no ultrasounds or doppler or anything um we tried listening with a fetoscope a few times um but it was really difficult because honestly i'm just not trained that way mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't something that really happened like I, I tell he was fine by the way he was moving um and just on my intuition but so Jeannie came over, Erica was on the phone and just giving me words of affirmation and giving Chris some positions for me to try, try to, to get him in a better position. Um, and I don't remember if she was on video or I, honestly, I, I, I can't remember, how, but she was just a glowing orb of golden light in the room. Um, and just having her, her voice there was just 
so reassuring and knowing that she had done this and, and she supportive of me. And I really appreciate that. That's awesome. So Jeannie came over, um, which is our friend's mom, the midwife, um, around uh, 11, no, like nine. And she came over and she just, she's the nicest, sweetest, most mellow woman. Like, honestly, being a midwife is it, definitely her, her, her calling. Like, she's just amazing. And she came in and she was just like, hi. She was like, Crystal. She was like, how are you doing? And I was just like. I can't even speak English mm-hmm. and she was like what would you like for me to do for you and I was just like I want you to give me a check a cervical check and let me know like I think that I feel his head like basically at this point um two knuckles up I feel like I'm really close but it's but he's his head has been right there for seriously like not quite 24 hours but like a long time at this point and I'm like what is going on and I was like, at this point, I'm like, is that even his head I'm feeling? Like what it like, like, you know, you start thinking all these things of like, what is going on here? So she's like, okay. She's like, I can, I can do that. She, she, so she, she has in the check and she's like, you're like eight and a half, maybe a little bit of a lip. You know, she's like just the softest, kindest words. And, and I was like, did you, like, even though I knew he was fine, I was like, if you brought the Doppler, can we go ahead and just listen to his heart real quick? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, she was like, we can do that. So she, she listened and it was like 133. And then she's like, let me listen during a contraction. It was like, didn't change at all. She was like, yeah, he's handling this really well. Like you're, you're doing really good. You're, you're really close. She's like, what, she's like, what, um, what what do you what do you want from me now and I was just like I don't want anything I turned to my mother my mother had showed up I forgot to mention that my mother showed up and she was supposed to be dropping off fruit and I was like no mother you have to come in and I've never seen a more pained look on my mother's face she's had two natural births um with my brother and myself but she just looked like somebody was hurting her looking at me I know. And it was just kind of like, I was just kind of like, can you please not give me that look right now? But I I couldn't voice it. So she was there and Jeannie, the midwife was like, um, yeah, I I think you're going to have him soon. And, uh, and she was like, well, what would you like from me now? And I was like, mother, get the car. I was like, we're going to the hospital. And she was like, well, what do you think is going to happen if you go to the hospital? And I was like, I don't know. I just want it to stop. Like, I just want this to stop. And and she's like, well, you're really, really close. She's like, you may not even make it to the hospital. And, and I was at this point, I'm like putting on a dress and I put on shoes and I was like, (laughs) I don't care. Get in, I'm getting in the car and I'm going. And then she was like, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go with you as an advocate? What are you thinking? And I'm like, no, I'm like, please just pray for me. I'm like, I don't want to involve you anymore in this. Then I've already involved you. I appreciate you. She's like, oh no. She's like, you, she's like, you're fine. I'm like, okay. I'm like, just pray for me. And so like, I'm like about to get in the car and just go. And my mother is like, we didn't prepare her for being there for the labor. So in her mind, she's like, well, that's, that's where we're going. And mm-hmm. it's just like ready to go. But Chris was like, no, he was like, Crystal, he was like, we've, we've been on so many missions to do so many crazy things and just 
are you really like, are you really gassed and like, can't do this anymore and think something is wrong and you need to go to the hospital? Or are you just tired of doing this? And I'm like, Oh, I'm tired of doing this. And he's like, but you can have this baby here. And he's, I'm like, yes, yes, I can do that. I'm like, I can, I can do that. We have the information that he, mm-hmm. he's like right there. So really what I'm like, and this is why I feel for women who are already in the hospital with a natural birth plan is if I had been in the hospital, they would have given me that epidural. They probably would have given me a C-section and I would have been so mournful of it because when you're in that state of mind, like doctors and nurses at the hospital are not there to tell you, you can do it. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like with all the factors of my labor, if I had went to the hospital, they probably wouldn't have given me an epidural. They probably would have given me a C-section. My, my, my waters had been released for 30 something hours at this point. I've had quote unquote, no prenatal care, which is not true. I did my own prenatal care, probably a higher standard than I would have gotten anywhere else. Mm-hmm. In my mind anyways, you know, I'm 35 year old mom. I, they probably would have just given me a C-section. And I, I took that journey in my head to the hospital where where they don't like what I've done. And it's just like, and mentally I went there and I, I feel like in the future when I, when I am a doula practicing or, or hopefully one day a midwife, I feel like I will have so much more compassion for, for women because that transitional space is, is really intense and you really need somebody there that, that can hold that space for you. And I'm glad that my, my husband paired with our, our, our friend being, being, there to give that information um it really kept me from making a decision that I know I would have regretted for the rest of my life mm-hmm. uh, potentially mm-hmm. um so any so then I'm like okay I'm like I guess we're staying here I guess we're not going to the hospital and getting an epidural or a c-section so I just stayed with it and not long after I just felt like I needed to get back in the birth pool and at this point I was like Chris what time it is and he's like you told me not to tell you what time it is I'm like what time is it and he said the words 11:30, and this vortex of energy just came through my body and I could feel him descending and I was like oh my god I was like it's happening I'm actually having a baby this is really gonna happen and I reached up and I and I could feel his head probably about a knuckle up and this time it felt molded it felt like like he wasn't just like up there hanging out at the entrance. He was like coming and I was just like, Oh good. And my, I don't even know. Like I just started howling and my neighbors were outside. We were in the birth pool in the back patio, which we had told them that what we were doing and they're amazing, but they were outside and I could hear them letting the dogs out and the dogs were barking at stuff and running around. And then like, I just let this roar, the dog stopped barking like our neighbor stopped talking and I was just like I was like oh you're about to listen to me give birth to this baby right now like and it was kind of cool knowing that they were there with me because they're just such lovely neighbors Mm -hmm. um and they were really supportive of what we were planning on doing and everything anyways um but there was also this thought process in my head of like I am being so loud it is like you know, 1130 in the morning on a Friday, like somebody's going to call the cops and, and the cops are going to walk into like me and my mother and, and my husband. And at this point, I like was kind of like in a squatting position and was like holding on to um, 
my husband's knees, which I, to this day, I'm not really sure how he was sitting on the side of that birth pool because it was like a fishy kiddie pool. Mm -hmm. And like, he must've been like in a squat with me because I don't think that would have bore his weight. <laughs> but he, but he was holding on to me and, and I could just feel him coming, but it was such a and say this but it's like I couldn't feel the contractions anymore all I could feel was the sensation of him coming out and I couldn't really even tell where contractions were beginning or ending and I wasn't really like in my mind there would be like the sensation and I would work with them but it, it was like my body was just doing it and, and I'd always heard that that was a thing and it really was I couldn't even tell where to push with it so I just kind of just relaxed and just tried to breathe with it as much as I could and, and sounds were coming out of my mouth that I make and um and then his head starts coming out and my mother is, is sitting there and she's like she's like I can I can see his head she's like I can see he's got hair and I was just like oh thank god this is almost over finally <laughs> um you know it's like you go through like the whole pregnancy and then like a really long labor um and it's just it's just kind of like whoa this is actually real and mm -hmm. his head started coming out and 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 I just like felt of him and he was right there and then his he and I his ears are like my ears and when his ear came out it popped out and my mother goes oh he has your ears I'm gonna cry mm -hmm. uh, and then and he came out more and I just was just you know rubbing his head and breathing and and then and then his um his head came out completely and I remembered saying oh they named it correctly it's the ring of fire and, just, <laughs> and I just remember but it was just like yes. <laughs> I don't know I've had some pretty intense physical pains happen in my life it was so fleeting that I was just like and we're through it and mm -hmm. and his head was out and his head was out for quite a while it was a few minutes at least and my, my mother later reported she was like um because we hadn't prepared her at all for any of this like she just got like sucked into the last like couple minutes mm -hmm. of it and then tried to leave and I was like you can't leave now you're in it to win it say and um she said she was very concerned because she said he was under the water for a really long time but she said you were just like petting his head and just like you seem really calm and uh and I was like yeah I was like I knew he was fine and I could and he was moving around all inside and like working just as hard as as I was to be born um and it felt like forever that his head was out and he was just like half in half out and and then finally like I just felt him just do this massive twist and he just he just came out and I just I just supported him and just pulled him right up and just put him right right on my chest and his, his cord was fairly short so he didn't quite make it all the way up to my chest he was like kind of like mid mm -hmm. and he was just making just like this little like like he just wasn't even really crying he was just like going like what the heck mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like making a very similar noise like the 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 pictures and my mom took like a little bit video of like when he was like maybe like a minute or two old which I'm really grateful she she had the thought to do that because we wanted to GoPro it and Chris followed me around for the whole 36 hours with the GoPros but then when it actually went down it was like nobody thought to turn on GoPros <laughs> um, <laughs> which is totally fine and mm -hmm. it was 12:31, and and he was born and we were both just like 
making just like the the <laughs> and um yeah and it's funny on video Chris goes what do we do now and I was just like yeah somebody get me a towel like we just need a <laughs> towel and we got the towel and and we stayed in the the birth pool for probably I don't know probably like 20-30 minutes and then I was like okay we've 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 been in the birth pool long enough like let's let's go ahead and get out and and we got out and we were sitting in a a lawn chair and and my mother went and I told her to ask her to go and um get a bowl and and um I don't know everything just happened really effortlessly like the labor was long and intense but then once everything happened it was just really just pretty straightforward um and then I, I felt like just a very mild cramping probably 30 minutes after he was born and um the placenta came with no no worries very minimal bleeding it was intact it was healthy um we we left him attached to the cord for probably a little over an hour but it was so short that I I had wanted to do um not necessarily a full lotus birth but um a partial lotus birth but to where his cord was fairly short um it was really just I felt like it encumbering me from like really really just like having him and I felt like you know he had gotten the blood and the placenta had done its job and we 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 thanked the the placenta for for taking such great care of him and my husband cut the cord with a knife that his friend made him uh, and um yeah and he's just perfect and beautiful and healthy and he just he he latched within the first hour and it was just just absolutely beautiful is the most beautiful experience of, of my life and I've had a lot of really beautiful experiences and that really topped them all and then we just we just went to bed my mother cleaned it up the I was kind of shocked to see that she cleaned the the birth pool because it was a hot mess and <laughs> and she did she just cleaned everything up and Chris went and got a sushi and um yeah he he's still he's eight months and he's still nursing like an absolute champion um I had read um the La Leche League book mm-hmm. um I'm glad that I did because it really normalized like everything and at one point he didn't want to take the right boob and I was like Chris bring me the book and he brought me the book and I just refreshed it and then did it and he just yeah he's amazing he's amazing little baby for sure mm, that's awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah crystal thank you so much um for telling your story and is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave everyone with uh yeah you can trust yourself you knowledge is power um but even if you don't birth kind of happens and I don't know I guess my main takeaway is just you really we really can trust ourselves and mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with people who believe in you and believe in what you're doing and, and protecting your your space when you're when you're pregnant and postpartum um is, is really important totally well thank you so much this was such a great conversation such a fun interview thank you so much for sharing your story here Thank you, Jaden, for for having me and following me on 
all, all my side squiggles. I, I really yeah. appreciate you. I love all the side squiggles. I love <laughs> all the side tangents and the rabbit holes. They, they're all, they're all very relevant to the story and they're all, and even if they weren't, it's just cool to fall down them regardless. They're, they're I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I thought about taking notes and I, I tried to organize sometimes there's just really not, um, there's not a method to the madness. You just have to let it flow. So I appreciate exactly. you just letting uh, allowing me to let it flow. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. And thank you. And thank you for allowing me to uh, to hold the space for you to let it flow. I'm very. Oh, I I really appreciate it. Yeah. This has really meant a lot to me and it has really helped me um bring it full circle. So thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.